Welcome to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. Wherever you're listening from, welcome. We pray that the truth from the Word of God speaks to your heart during today's message. This will be, I'll just tell you now, uh, gentlemen, to buckle your seatbelts. I'm going to get my seatbelt on. It's going to be a rough and rocky road for the next 30 minutes. It's a Father's Day message, and we're going to have our starting place in 1 Kings chapter number 1. We're going to talk about David. I don't know of any young boy that doesn't want to grow up to be a David. Man, wouldn't that be great to be a, uh, a giant slayer on the Lord's army, defeating the Philistines, slaying Goliath. Every boy loves to be a David. I'm telling you, he was a horrible father. Happy Father's Day. And I'm going to tell you why. He he had eight named wives. Those were the ones that were named. He had many unnamed wives and concubines. Let me start off by saying this this morning. God said you have one wife. You want to be a good father to your children? Model that. He had 19 sons. These reality shows with these big families where they get to worship themselves and they get to portray this daddy who is this basically God on earth that nobody can question. And he's got all these kids that they don't think they don't have the ability to train them. If you're going to have children, have them with one wife and train those children. He had 19 sons. One of his sons died in infancy. That's 20. And he had one daughter. He had 21. David had 21 known children. Those were the ones that were known and named. Who knows how many from his concubines and wives that weren't named? Who knows? I don't. I'm going to show you the result. The result of some of this foolishness. First uh, Kings chapter number one, we'll start in verse number five. We're going to look at Adonijah. Uh, then Adonijah, first Kings chapter number one, verse number five, the son of Haggith exalted himself. That was his wife. Said, that was the one David's wife saying, I will be king. You know what Adonijah's problem was? Self-exaltation. Fathers, do you know what we must teach our children to get off the throne? Self-exaltation. He loved, he loved the showboat. Watch what it says. And he prepared him chariots and horsemen and 50 men to run before him. Look at my chariots. Adonijah loved to do the peacock walk through town. Look at all my horses. Look at all my chariots. Look at all my stuff. Look at all of my men. Adonijah, you've got a problem. Self-exaltation. Daddy should have knocked that thing down a long time ago. Look at verse number six. And his father, my, my, my. And his father had not displeased him at any time in saying, why hast thou done so? Do you see that? He wasn't corrected. David never put his son Adonijah in check. He never opposed his son Adonijah for the sake of just opposing him. Young people today, they don't understand what authority is. He was never sharply rebuked by David. Young people, your daddy doesn't hate you when he rebukes you or opposes you. Well, I don't know what I did wrong. Well, get used to it. Maybe your father is opposing you just for the sake of opposing you to see how you would react and how you would handle it. We got buttercup boys. You don't need a reason every time. Why are you on my back, Dad? 
Because I don't want you to end up like Adonijah. That's why. Not trying to be mean. I'm trying to get you to understand that authority matters. People correcting you is going to happen. Go get a job. You'll find out. Young boys, it's a good thing for them. I don't think it's a bad thing to take your son home and just give him a checkup from the neck up. See how he does. That was the problem that David had with Adonach. He never checked him. Now, the problem is, why hast thou done so? Uh, in verse number six, it says, and he also was a very goodly man, and his mother bare him after Absalom. He was a good-looking man, a very goodly man. You know, physical attributes were very important to the Jewish people. They wanted strength. They wanted stature. They wanted beauty. And the, the, the traits that Adonijah had, it allowed him to attract people to him. It says the same thing in the Bible about Saul. He was a choice young man and a goodly. And there was not among the children of Israel a goodlier person than he. From his shoulders and upward, he was higher than any of the people. Man, what a great stature to have. Except it got to his head. Being in physical shape has its role. I don't think we should abuse the bodies that God gave us. I think we should try to do our best to keep them in shape. You go out, you, you know, you do public ministry like our church does public ministry. You get to go, go out and see a lot of people, hear a lot of things, see a lot of preachers. But when you're 400 pounds and you're preaching against wicked liquor because people are drinking and you're 400 pounds and you can't preach against eating Crisco sandwiches all day, that's a problem. That's a problem. That's a big problem. Appearance isn't everything. And it got to Adonijah's head. It got to Saul's head. Daddies, we need to be careful it doesn't get to our head or our kid's head. But you just don't let your body go. That wouldn't be a Christian thing to do either. You want to you take care of the vessel, the temple God had given you. He's got self-exaltation as a problem. He's a good-looking man. And look what it says in verse number, we'll, we'll go down to verse number nine and Adonijah. Look at this. He slew sheep and oxen and fat cattle. And he called all his brethren, the king's son, all the men of Judah, and the king's servant. Now, you know what he's doing? Adonijah's making a run for the throne. And you know what he's doing here? He's doing his own self-coronation, his own self-sacrifice for his own coronation of kingship. He is in love with himself. That's his problem. Look at verse number 10, but Nathan the prophet and Benaniah and the mighty men and Solomon his brother, he called not. Wherefore Nathan spake unto Bathsheba, the mother of Solomon, saying, Hast thou not heard that Adonijah, the son of Haggith, doth reign? And David our Lord knoweth it not. It's not come to David's attention yet. He has a problem. Well, simply put, he's got an ego problem. I want you to hear something. I want you to watch something here. Look at verse number 11, where it says at the end, Hast thou not heard that Adonijah, the son of Haggith, doth reign, and David our Lord knoweth not? This is Nathan. He's, he's speaking unto Bathsheba, who is the mother of Solomon. And Solomon has the throne rights, and it's a bit of a stab here, if you can read into the text. Adonijah doesn't like the fact that Solomon's going to get the throne. And so there's this rub that is going on, and it's a problem. It's a problem. Go to chapter 2, and let's see if we can make our way through chapter 2. Look, watch what it says in verse 10. 
we get to the point now where David finally dies. So David slept with his fathers, verse number 10, and was buried in the city of David. Watch who has throne rights, verse 12. Then sat Solomon upon the throne of David, his father, and his kingdom was established greatly. Guess what Adonijah does? What any self-exalting complainer would do. He runs the mommy. Watch verse 13. And Adonijah, the son of Haggith, came to Bathsheba, the mother of Solomon. He runs to Solomon's mom, and she said, Comest thou peaceably? And she said, and he said, peaceably. Watch what he says. Moreover, verse 14. I have somewhat to say unto thee. And she said, stay on. And he said, thou knowest that the kingdom was mine and that all Israel set their faith on me that I should reign. Howbeit the kingdom is turned about and has become my brother's. For it was his from the Lord. He's got a problem. What's his problem? Self-exaltation. Fathers, our job is to teach our children to stay in check and get off the throne. One more verse, and we'll move on to someone else. Go to the 24th verse of 1 Kings chapter 2. And here we go. Verse 24. Now, therefore, as the Lord liveth, which hath established me and set me on the throne of David, my father, this is Solomon, and who hath made me in house as he promised. Watch what it says now. Adonijah shall be put to death this day. And King Solomon sent by the hand of Benaiah, the son of Jehodiah, and he fell upon him that he died. His half-brother has him executed because he's making a claim for the throne and putting back off. Isn't that a sad, sad story? Fathers, what's the lesson for us? Keep your children in check. you got to help get them off. That is part of father. It's why it's given to fathers. Go to First Kings chapter number 11. Let's look at someone else. Let's look at Solomon. Well, Solomon was the wisest man. Okay, well, let's take a look at his life and his character. Let's get First Kings chapter number 11. Solomon marries Nama. She is from the city of Ammon. That city was named. You had Moab and you had Ammon that were offspring off of an incestuous relationship between Lot and his daughter. Solomon, who's supposed to be wise, finds a wife from that town, Ammon, Ammonites. Does that sound wise to you? It doesn't sound wise to me. They had a son, Rehoboam, and when he became king, God said he did evil because he prepared not his heart to seek the Lord. He was a wicked king. Let's look at what the problems were that developed in Solomon's life. Verse number one. But King Solomon loved many. There's the problem. There's too many, Solomon. There's too many. Oh, wait, that's not the only part of the first problem. There's multi-layers to Solomon's first problem. Strange women. Why are you going after strangey women, Solomon? You know better than that. You don't go after the pagans. Guess who's listed in here? Look at the towns. Together with the daughter of Pharaoh. Women of the Moabites and the Ammonites, Edomites, Zidonites, and Hittites. We won't go down the all those giants and all that, but look, 
You got Moabites and Ammonites. They should have stayed away from them. Solomon didn't have enough sense. That's problem number one. Last thing I'll say about problem number one for Solomon is this. Satan has never changed his plan of attack. I am not, I am not trying to be rude to women at all. I am not. But the Bible teaches from the garden and through God's word that women are more easily deceived. Adam was not deceived. Eve was deceived. How does Satan get to Adam? Through Eve. How does Satan get to Solomon? Through strange pagan women. Because they'll just be, I mean, they're already deceived. How is Solomon going to be deceived? Through pagan women and many wives. Fathers, teach your son that God has one woman in mind for you. And she should be a Christian woman. Not a Moabite, not an Ammonite, not a pagan. I don't know why parents get upset. Well, did you, I, I heard that there's a girl in the church that likes a boy in the church. I heard there's a boy in the church that likes a girl in the church. Well, praise the Lord. What do you want? Do you want? I mean, you know how wicked this world's gotten. It's a good thing that boys like girls and girls like boys. We're not a matchmaking service at all. But we understand that that is healthy. What isn't healthy is going after strange women. Solomon needed to be put in check. He wasn't. Problem number two, verse number two, we find it. Here's Solomon's second problem. Of the nations concerning which the Lord said unto the children of Israel, ye shall not go into them, neither shall they come in unto you, for surely they will turn away your heart after their gods. Solomon clave unto these in love. His second problem is he gave these women by default. He's giving them permission to continue to serve their pagan gods. And you know what pagan women will do? They're controlling Solomon through sex. You know what a lot of Christian women will do or so-called Christian women will do? They will control their husbands by sex. Well, if I don't get what I want, you're not going to get what you want. You picking up what God's putting down? I'm not trying to be cruel. I'm not trying to be rude. I'm not trying to be mean. What I'm saying is there's some problems going on here, and it has to do with sexual relations and not being able to keep your eyes to yourself. And people are getting deceived. And going down past, they ought not go because of that. That marriage bed is honorable. Don't dishonor it by trying to use it as a way to deceive your husband. Little Mother's Day message into the pocket. We'll just get back on track. Verse number, verse number three gives us Solomon's third problem. Uh, and he had 700 wives, princesses, and 300 concubines, and his wives turned away his heart. I forget which one of my I don't know if one of my kids said it to me or somebody said to me. I might have one of my kids. That, 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 that's a lot of chicken coops to build. <laughs> that's a lot of materials. That's a lot of time. You can't, fellas, we can't keep one lady happy. How are you going to keep 700? I, Honestly, honestly, I got to hurry up with the sermon because I got to get home and fix something. God said one lady. Why? Because you're going to she's going to keep you so busy. You shouldn't have your eyes on any other lady. I didn't agree. I didn't get good grades in school, but I can understand this loud and clear. Solomon is such in a mess. He's such in a mess. And his heart was not perfect with the Lord, his God. No kidding. As was the heart, David, 
his father. Guess what his father couldn't keep his eyes where they are. Like daddy, like son. More is caught than taught by watching others. Turned his heart away. He didn't have full duty to God. He couldn't. There was no way he could have fulfill his full duties as king. And then we get into. Uh, go to Deuteronomy 17. I just got to show you just the wisdom here of Solomon. Deuteronomy 17. Deuteronomy chapter number 17. Look at verse number 16. I'm going to show you the command that God gave to kings. Clearly written out. Solomon clearly knew the scriptures. Well, that's what it says in Deuteronomy 17, verse number 16. Uh, let's back up at verse number 15. Thou shalt in any wise set him king over thee whom the Lord thy God shall choose. One. From among thy brethren shalt thou set king over thee. Oh, man, it's not set a stranger over thee, which is not thy brother. So we're talking about a king here. Now, verse 16, watch what it says. But he, who's that? The king, shall not multiply horses to himself, nor cause the people to return to Egypt. What's that have to do with anything? Nothing. We're just going to keep reading. To the end that he should multiply horses, or, or, or I'm sorry. Where I lost my spot. There's stranger other multiple horses. So, oh, I'm sorry. We'll get to verse 17. Here's the point I wanted to make. Neither shall he multiply wives to himself. Why not? That his heart turn not away. You're going to be a king. Come on, Solomon. You know this. You don't multiply horses. You don't send the people back to pagan lands of Egypt. Why are you getting wives from Moab and Moabite wives and Ammonite wives? Why are you doing that? Come on. And don't multiply wives. He knew the scriptures. We're going to get to that in a minute. Because our problem isn't knowing the scriptures. Get to that. His fourth problem, go back to uh, 1 Kings chapter number 11. 1 Kings 11, look at verse number 7. Here comes his next problem. First uh, Kings 11, look at verse 5. I'm sorry, verse 5. For Solomon went after Ashtaroth, the goddess of the Zidians, and after Milcom, the abomination of the Ammonites, where he got his wife. And Solomon did evil in the sight of the Lord and went not fully after the Lord, as did David his father. We get not only is he given an allowance, he's finding a pagan wife, he's given them an allowance to worship God, uh, false gods. He has turned his heart away from the Lord. What do you think is going to happen as the next step in someone's down? Now they are worshiping idols. And now the entire family is fully immersed in that. Well, I did it for my wife. Yep, you sure did, Solomon. You sure did. At the expense of your duty as a king and at the expense as your duty to be a real man and have one wife. You sure did. You sure did do it. Isn't that a shame? shame? Shameful sin. It gets worse. Watch the last problem. We'll look after Solomon. Then did Solomon build a high place for Chemosh? The abomination of Moab in the hill that is before Jerusalem. And for Molech, the abomination of the children of Anna. Both those cities were named out the kids that came after an incestuous relationship. And he's finding wives there. And it ends up, Solomon, you built the temple for God. And now you're building temples of worship for false pagan gods? It's a horrible thing. Horrible. I thought Solomon was supposed to be the wisest man on earth. Except wisdom is useless 
and yes, unless you use it. You know, Proverbs 5 says in verse 1, My son, attend unto wisdom. You're sitting here this morning, you may, you may have a lot of Bible knowledge. I hope I've got some Bible knowledge. But if I don't attend and do something with it, if I don't attend to that knowledge, if I don't attend to that wisdom, that means I can help you, but I can't help me because I won't attend to it. Solomon can take a child and make sure the right mom gets the child. She, Solomon can help you because of his wisdom, but he failed to attend unto it himself and he hurt himself. You know, a lot of preachers fall for that very reason. I can help you with your marriage, but I can't help my marriage. I can help you with your kids and give you good advice and your family gets fixed up, but I can't keep my family intact. It's not that I don't have wisdom. It's not that Solomon didn't have wisdom. He didn't attend to it personally. You want to be a father? Attend to some wisdom. Get yourself in order. Get your house in order. Get your heart in order. Attend to it. First Corinthians 1. While we're at it, let's get Psalms 127. I want to finish up with Solomon at least. In Psalms 127. But first, I'd like us to read 1 Corinthians. Look at verse number 1. We need to be careful of this idea of gaining knowledge and wisdom and understanding. And here's why. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30 says, well, verse 29 says that no flesh should glory in his presence, but of him are ye in Christ Jesus. Is that you? That's me. Who are of God is made unto wisdom and what else? Righteousness and sanctification and redemption. That according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in his own personal wisdom. No. Let him glory the Lord. Is Christ your wisdom today? Christ is my wisdom. Is he your wisdom? Read Psalm 127. I bet you you'll read it differently. I want you to read into the paradox of it. I'll try to read it as if I'm trying to bring out the paradox. Of what Solomon penned under the Holy Spirit's inspiration. Because we so know this psalm. Except the Lord built the house. Oh God, I wish I built my house right. They labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early and sit up late to eat the bread of sorrows. For so he giveth his beloved sheep. Lo, children are inheritance of the Lord. Oh, but Lord, I have these pagan women that I went after. Oh, children are such a heritage to the Lord. Can you hear the paradox in this psalm? And the fruit of the womb is his reward. Oh, Lord, you gave me a reward, but now I'm mixed up with this pagan. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are the children of the youth. youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. You have multiple wives, multiple concubines, many of them pagan, multiple children running around that are untrained. Fathers, if you have one son, train that son. And if you are not going to train him, don't have another son. And if you have two children, fathers, you commit that home to training those two children. And if you are not going to commit to, commit to training those two children, do not play this. I'm going to have a third kid game. 
so you can keep up with the Joneses. God commanded the father to train his household. And you're getting off on the wrong foot, young men, if you want to be a good daddy. And young ladies, if you want to be a good mama, you better first start off with finding one man, if you're a woman, and one woman, if you're a man, that's a Christian. Because you don't start off like that, you just better pray for a miracle. People say to me, well, Brother Jimmy, you, you, you and your wife weren't Christians and you got married. Yeah, we serve as the warning, not the example. Don't do what I did. Don't do what my wife did. Do what the Bible says. That's right. You want to do it right, do it God's way. You don't do it right, suffer the consequences. Well, God's going to make it all right. Yeah, he is. Just right now, you've got to live on earth. Yeah. God can work a miracle. He can save the cheapest of sinners. David had a firstborn, Amnon, to his wife, Ahinoam. Let's go to 2 Samuel 13. 2 Samuel chapter number 13. 2 Samuel 13. The Samuels are before the kings. 2 Samuel 13 will start in. Amnon had very low character. He had no self-control. He was completely driven by loss and he was full of selfishness. Amnon was obsessed with his half-sister, Tamar. It was the daughter of David's wife, Mekah. So he tricks her, lures her into a room on a false pretense, and he rapes. He rapes his half-sister. Tamar's full brother, Absalom, murders him. This is the lineage of David, the mighty shepherd boy who slew Goliath. I want to be a good dad, and I want you to be a good dad if you're a dad. Second Samuel chapter number 13, it came to pass after this that Absalom, the son of David, had a fair sister. I mean, she's beautiful. Whose name was Tamar. And Amnon, the son of David, loved her. Now watch his obsession. And Amnon was so vexed that he fell sick for his sister Tamar. He didn't have the flu. He is just overwhelmed with his obsession. For she was a virgin and Amnon thought it hard for him to do anything to her. Throw all the way down. Let's get to verse number six. Watch what, it, watch what happens. Watch what Amnon does. So Amnon lay down and made himself sick. He's playing like he's sick here. And when the kid, he actually is, he's sick in the head. And when the king was come to see him, Amnon said unto the king, I pray thee, let Tamar, my sister, come and make me a couple of cakes in my sight that I may eat at her hand. Then David sent home to Tamar, saying, Go now to thy brother Amnon's house and dress him meat. David's getting played. Daddy's getting played. So Tamar went to her brother Amnon's house. He was laid down and she took flour and kneaded it and made cakes in his sight baked the cakes. Verse 9, and she took a pan and poured them out before him, but he refused to eat. And Amnon said, how about all men from me? And they went out, every man from him. And Amnon said unto Tamar, bring the meat into the chamber that I may eat of thine hand. And Tamar took the cakes which she had made and brought them into the chamber to Amnon, her brother. It gets worse. And when she had brought them unto him. He took hold of her. That was wrong. And he said unto her, come lie with me, my sister. That's a double wrong. And she answered him, nay, my brother, do not force me for no such thing ought to be done in Israel. Do not thou this folly. Let me just speak to you young ladies right now. If any boy ever tries to put his hand on you, 
That's your response. Get your hands off me. Don't touch me. You know what you go do? You go tell your daddy. Your daddy's not around. You go tell your mommy. Your mommy's not around. You go tell your grandparents. Grandparents aren't around. You go tell your preacher. Preacher ain't around. You go tell the cops. Cops aren't around. You go tell the neighbor. You tell somebody. That's right, amen. We got too much abuse going on because everybody's afraid to speak up. Well, I don't want to gossip. I don't gossip. Go tell everybody that somebody put their hand on you that ought not put their hand on you. And I'll say it on live stream. I find out anybody puts their hands on any of the ladies here or any husbands put their hands on any of the wives here. I will show up at your house. How's that? How's that? I'm not threatening anybody. I'm saying I'm going to show up as a gospel witness. Same way I show up at the public square and preach the gospel to lost sinners. I'm going to have to preach some Christian living to some Christians that don't know how to live right. You don't force your you don't force yourself on any woman, gentlemen. And you need to have a preacher and you need to have a daddy that teaches you that or a granddaddy that teaches you that. Yeah, amen and amen. The problems that Christians have, a lot of it is because they just won't yell and tell. Speak up. Speak up. Our church stands to help and protect you in any way that we can. Then Amnon, well, look at verse 21. What a sad verse for Father's Day. 2 Samuel chapter 13, verse 21 is the saddest verse in the whole chapter. But when King David heard, the news gets back to Dad. When King David heard of all these things, he was very wrong. You're very wrong, David. What about a consequence? What about a punishment? What about legal action? You know the Mosaic law, David. His daddy didn't do anything. We need some Christian fathers that are willing to do something when evil abounds. Not run some reality show and make a bunch of money off of Hollywood. And then when something happens with your big family, you cover it up and don't tell the authorities. That's wickedness. You know what that is? Second Samuel 13. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, just praise the Lord. It happens nowadays, too. Daddy doesn't do anything. One more. One more. Second Samuel chapter 13 will stay in because this will go right into it. Last person I'd like to look at this morning is Absalom. Absalom has his brother Amnon killed. Partly because daddy never did anything. Second Samuel 13, verse 28, watch what it says. Now Absalom had commanded his servants saying, Mark ye now when Amnon's heart is merry with wine, and when I say unto you, smite Amnon, then kill him, fear not. Have not I commanded you, be courageous and be valiant. Verse 29. And the servants of Absalom did unto Amnon as Absalom had commanded. And all the king's sons arose, and every man got him up on his mule and fled. They came to pass, while they were in the way, the tidings came to David, saying, Absalom hath slain all the king's sons, and there is not one of them left. Now, we're not going to get all into that. That was a false report that got King David, but Absalom is dead. Or Amnon is dead because of raping his half-sister. Amnon took action, took matters in his own hand. Because dad, well, I'll just be angry. Go over to the next chapter. You have to turn there. Turn. 
should be right there. Or a page over. Second Samuel 14. I want to go all the way down to verse 25. Absalom gave David a lot of problems. Here's where it started. A lot of this repeat material. But watch what it says in verse 25 in 2 Samuel 14. But in all Israel, there was none to be so much praised as Absalom for his beauty. Another good-looking, handsome man. From the sole of his feet, even to the crown of his head, there was no blemish in him. And when he pulled his head, for it was at every year's end that he pulled it, because the hair was heavy on him, therefore he pulled it. He weighed the hair of his head at 200 shekels after the king's weight. I mean, can you see it happening? Oh, everybody, look. I just weighed my hair. Look how much it weighs. I'm just so beautiful. I'm Absalom. What an ego nut. What an ego. But sadly, this entire month, we have children walking around because their parents never said anything to them about. You need to stop obsessing over your body and yourself. This is why we have all of this LGBTQ trans colors, flags, all this stuff. It's obsession over body. I'm not happy with the way God made me. Or I'm just overexalted myself. Look at that was Absalom's problem. His father never got that in check. You know who else? Thine heart was lifted up because of thy beauty. Who is Ezekiel 28 referring to? That's Satan. It's pride. Pride. Thine heart was lifted up because of thy beauty. Thou hast corrupted thy wisdom by reason of thy brightness. Lucifer had wisdom, but it was corrupted. And he had beauty. There's a big parallel there. Pride. Pride. You want to talk about pride, Mark? It's right there. In chapter 14, we see in verse 30, Absalom has his servants. He lights, uh, he lights Joab's field of barley on fire. By the time we get to chapter number 15, Absalom is so full of pride, he is so full of greed that he's going after daddy's throne. I mean, why not? There's no consequences anyway. I mean. My sister can get raped. You don't do anything, Daddy. I might as well go after your throne. Your children need to see a fair consequence for a deed done. Second Samuel chapter number 16. We'll start to wind down. Look at verse number 21. Second Samuel 16, verse number 21. Watch how this thing comes around. Uh... I also want to get in your hand 2 Samuel 12 so we can do this in one complete flow. 2 Samuel 12, verse number 11 will be at. Uh, but we will start at 2 Samuel 16. So keep your finger in 2 Samuel 12. In 2 Samuel 16, I want you to look at verse number 21. And Ahithophel said unto Absalom, Go in unto thy father's concubines, which he hath left to keep the house, and all Israel shall hear that thou art abhorred of thy father. Then shall the hands of all that are with thee be strong. So they spread Absalom a tent upon the top of the house. And Absalom went in unto his father's concubines in the sight of all Israel. What a horrible display of wickedness. It's the same spot where David arose from off his bed, walked upon the roof of the king's house, and from the roof he saw a woman washing herself. And the woman was very beautiful to look upon. 
Absalom's on the same spot as daddy. And he's following daddy's footsteps. And you know what David should have done? When he looked, he should have left that whole thing, left that whole scene and never thought about that again. Look, we're all going to have things we're going to have to look at, but you better quit looking. You better quit thinking about it. You better quit going back to it. Well, I just bounced my eyes. Big deal. You're still thinking about it, desiring to go back to it. David bounced his eyes when he was on the rooftop. And then he sent some people to go get her. And then he, he never got his mind off of it. I'm not saying don't keep teach your boys to do the eye bounce. What I'm saying is it better go deeper than that. Nathan shows up to David. Thou art the man. We all need a Nathan in our life. He says, thou art the man. You have killed Bathsheba's husband, Uriah. You slept with Bathsheba. Thou art the man. He confronts him. Watch what he said. 2 Samuel 12. 2 Samuel chapter number 12. Look at verse number 11. Nathan confronts him. And here's what he says in 2 Samuel 12, verse number 11. Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will raise up evil against thee out of thine own house. He's speaking to David. Out of thine own house, David. And I will take thy wives before thine eyes and give them unto thy neighbor, and he shall lie with thy wives in the sight of the sun. For thou didst secretly, but I will do this thing before all Israel and before the sun. And Absalom becomes the prophetic conclusion. Of David's sin. It's because of that. Fathers. Your children. Are watching. Second Samuel 17. Absalom tries to have his daddy killed. Because of pride. Because of bitterness. For what happened to his sister. And because of anger. And he just figured, all of that will just help me be better than death. Second Samuel 18, he ends up being killed by Joab. You know what Absalom's problem was? He imitated his father's weakness. His weaknesses, rather than imitating his father's strengths. Daddy did repent. David did repent. David did know that he sinned against God. Fathers, our children are watching. And I know that when they grow up, they will have to make their own decision. I've heard so many stories over the years of being in church. I have heard and seen parents do it right. And the kids go astray. I have heard and seen stories about parents that did it completely wrong. Children are neglected. Children are abused. Children are hurt. Children get into deep sin because mommy and daddy aren't there. And I've seen it go on for the glory of God and that person or that family or that serve God. There's two extremes. There is no guarantee that your children will turn out serving the Lord like you want them to serve the Lord or like God would want them to serve. But you can be guaranteed of this. If you obey God's word, that is your duty. Amen. That is your duty reasonable service like Kelly was preaching about this morning in Romans 12 I'm going to leave you with this verse I'm going to leave you with half of this verse because that's all we need 
train up a child in the way he should go? I'm just leaving you the first half because too many times we focus on the last half. We're so worried about them not departing from what we taught them. We park on the last part. I would ask you fathers and mothers, park on the first part. Train them up. How? In the way. Who's the way? John 14 says, the way, the truth, and the life. You know, I have my kids go out, pass out tracks and do evangelism, knock on doors and hold signs. You know why I compel you to bring your kids out as a father? I'm not talking about bring your kids out and have them pass the tracks out. I'm talking about fathers. You take your granddaughter out. You take your son out. And you let your son see you give a track to somebody. You let your son hear you lift your voice. And all you have to say is, Jesus saves. Start with that. You let them see you as a daddy do something. Not, I want to bring them so they'll do it. No, you do it. Tag, you're it. Tag, you're it. Tag, you're it. Tag, you're it. Tag, I'm it. Let's get to work. And let's go and train them up, up, up in the way of the Lord. That is our reasonable service. That is what we are responsible for. And then each individual will need to make their own decision on whether or not they will trust Christ or not, live for Christ or not. God, thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode. In the meantime, you can sign up for our email newsletter at www.pilgrimbaptist.church.